Hi, you've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today, and thanks again for taking the time to visit. You might know a know-it-all, have a know-it-all in your life. You might marry to one. Don't answer that. Don't answer that. Leanne and I, several days ago, were watching this movie. Uh, perhaps you've seen it, Hidden Figures. It's about the three Afri- African-American women who are employed by NASA in the late 50s and early 60s to do uh, calculations, math calculations on re-entry from the, from the atmosphere back into the Earth, uh, or space back into the Earth's atmosphere, calculate the degree of launch and so forth, all kinds of math calculations. And I watched somebody do math you know, problems on, on a board that they had a, a blackboard they were working on, some paper, paper as well. And I see people do these math calculations and, you know, and it's just kind of, because I, 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 I didn't have a love for math. I struggled with math. I did make it through geometry. Actually, it made pretty good grades. Geometry actually made sense to me. But algebra never made sense to me. And uh, I struggled in algebra. I, I did pass, uh, finally, but uh, I struggled with algebra. And any higher math, calculus, trigonometry, it was, just, I had, had, it was just beyond me. I had no interest whatsoever. But I admire folks who can set and reason those kinds of things out because we, you know, otherwise John Glenn would have died in outer space, wouldn't have made it back. So I appreciate folks who can do those kinds of things, but it's, it's certainly beyond my capability. But sometimes I think we miss this idea of we have and serve and know a God who is sovereign, meaning he knows everything about everything and everyone, everywhere, all the time. Now, I know it's hard to get our minds around that kind of sovereignty, that, that kind of knowledge, that kind of um, uh, way of thinking, but he is that. I want us to see today from this text. If you want to turn to Romans 11, that's where we're going to be today in verses 33 to 36. But as we think about the sovereignty of God, there are three kind of theological, uh, uh, doctrinal st- uh, issues around this idea of his sovereignty. One is the fact that he is omnipotent, meaning you've probably heard that term before, meaning in, in, because he is omnipotent, he is all-powerful, has, has all the power to do whatever he wants to whenever he wants to. The second term is that he is omniscient, meaning he is all-knowing, knows everything about everything, everywhere, all the time. The other, the other one is omnipresent, meaning that he is everywhere, all the time, for all time, from where time past to time future. He has the capability of being everywhere all the time. Now, if you can get your mind around the omnipotence, the omniscience, and the omnipresence of God, you're smarter than me because I've been trying to get my mind around it for, for decades and still can't. But I do know and believe that those three, three, uh, three things describe a sovereign God, a God who is, is all, and we'll see this in a moment, in a moment through, through all and in all. Now, let's look at this text together. Uh, Romans 11 Verse 33 to 36. Oh, the depths of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay them? For 
from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. <clears throat> now, what I want us to glean today from this text is first of all this. A sovereign God, verse 33 speaks to this, a sovereign God knows everything. Look again. Oh, the depths of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. The riches of the wisdom of knowledge of God. When I was an <clears throat> elementary age kid, I used to go to my grandmother's house after school, and I've shared this story with some of you, but some of you haven't heard it, and wait on my mom to come uh, pick me up at my grandmother's house after, after, after she finished work. And at that time, Jeopardy was on in, in the afternoon. And my grandmother, who never finished elementary school, could set, and regardless of the category, just what is such and such, who is such and such, and just bam, answer after answer after answer. And I'm kind of looking at her, where did you, where did you, but, but the older I got, the more I understood she was a voracious reader and, and, and hungry to learn everything she didn't know, wanted to know what she didn't know, and read and read and read all the time, and was extremely well informed on about any subject you could talk to her about. Uh, but had, had a gift, had a hunger to, to, to know those kind of things. Um, and as I thought about that this past week, I thought about this, this text in, in terms of there's nothing you've ever done, there's no place you've ever been, there, there, there's nothing you will ever do that will ever surprise God. He is never surprised by anything you do. In fact, God has never said, wow. Or he's never, he's never uttered, oh, really? Or even, that's interesting. Because he knows everything. You can never say or do anything to surprise him or to, to wow him or, to, or to, to, for him to be taken aback because he knows what, we, what we're thinking, what we say, what we do before we do it, he says in, in Scripture. Um, he knows uh, whether, whether you, he knows what, we, what you're going to wear to church today. He knows which direction you're going to drive, whether you're going to take the same route to church or take a different route this morning. He knew that. He knows who, who, what you're going to have for lunch next Thursday. He knows who you're going to talk to tomorrow. He knows, he, he knows in advance <clears throat> of the things you're going to do and say and think before you do and say and think them. That's, that speaks to his sovereignty and, and the fact that he is all-knowing and knows in advance those kinds of things. Uh, only believers now can get their minds around this because uh, we're, we're both sinful and holy. We're both physical and spiritual. We're both temporary, temporal, and eternal. Listen to how Ecclesiastes 3 puts this. He says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also, watch this, He has also set eternity in the hearts of men. Yet, they cannot fathom what God has done from beginning to end. Meaning, we're eternal beings. Our souls will live eternally, but we still have a hard time comprehending the eternal from Scripture and the eternal in the present day. He says, we're eternal beings, but that's still a hard concept for us to grasp sometimes. Um, this idea around the timelessness of, of the, the, uh, the, the uh, knowledge of God. We can get the concept of eternity, but have difficulty tracing the knowledge of God. And he says in this verse as well, how difficult his paths are to trace out, to see before he does something what he's going to do. Uh, that, that, uh, and the reality of that is, is that this, this truth should, should stir us, should make us all stricken, and should comfort us at the same time of knowing that we know a God who knows more than we do in advance of whatever we're about to step into. He knows everything. Secondly, a sovereign God not only knows everything, a sovereign God should never be questioned. Look at verse 34. Who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? Who has been his counselor? 
Um, I've been a believer for 52 years. And it still amazes me that we think God needs our help. We think he needs our help with, with work. We think he needs our help with relationships. We think he needs our help with money. We think he needs our help with life. And the more I dwell on it, that blows me away to think that a sovereign God needs nothing from us, absolutely nothing from us, and is all sufficient for all that we do and all that we think or say. Um, sometimes we put more confidence in medicines and in our, and in our health care system than we do in, in the Lord for our health. We put more confidence in our 401k for our future than we do in him. Uh, we, we put more confidence in our abilities than we do in him for our jobs, what we do vocationally. So am I saying we should stop seeing doctors and stop taking medicine? Absolutely not. Should we stop putting money in a 401k? Absolutely not. Should we stop, uh, go quit our jobs next week? No, that's not what I'm saying at all. But a sovereign God knows what we need physically. He knows what we need uh, financially. He knows what we need vocationally before we do. Consequently, uh, we can, we can, he can and should be trusted with, with all that we have. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I read the entirety of Psalm 139 to you. And it speaks to his knowledge of us from the time we were conceived in our mother's womb to the grave. From conception to the grave. And, and, and in such great detail, Scripture says the hairs of our head are numbered. And so, if he knows how we think and he knows everything about us, he can and should be trusted by us uh, to meet our needs regardless of what the circumstances are saying. Now, my experience has been this, that God answers the what questions and sometimes answers the when questions, but will seldom ever answer the why questions. Maybe that's been your experience. It's, it's been mine. I've questioned the Lord a lot of times. Of, what are you up to? What do I need to see? And he'll show me what he's up to. And he'll often show me what I need to see. But he'll seldom answer the when question for me and seldom answer the why question for me. Why? Because those questions require faith. And those are faith questions that I need to step out in and trust him in, that he wants me to grow and, and grow, uh, walk deeper with him in a deeper place with him because of that. Thirdly, God knows everything. He should never be questioned. But thirdly, a sovereign God has no needs. He has no needs. Look at verse 35 again with me. He says, whoever has given to God that God should repay him. Who has ever given to God that God should repay him? We talked a couple of weeks ago about biblical math and how sometimes biblical math takes earthly equations and kind of turns them upside down, turns them on their ear. Here's another earthly equa uh, biblical math uh, text here in, in, in the context of this text. Um, so do we, as it, as it pertains to giving, do we give to Cross Point Church because, because God needs our time, because he needs our talent? because he needs our money. No, we shouldn't. We should give because he expects those kinds of things from us. What he, what he needs from us is nothing. What he expects from us is everything. He expects us to sell out. He expects us to lay ourselves totally at his feet for the, for the concept of living his will and into our lives. Um, he expects our absolute and total devotion. Now, notice this verse also says that we aren't to give in order to get anything from him in, in return. Um, in terms of a better job, a bigger house, uh, a, a better, even better health for that, for that matter. God is neither, don't miss this, God is neither reactive nor proactive in how and when and through and what means he chooses to bless us. 
He is neither reactive nor proactive in how he blesses us. Instead, he is both timely and timeless in how he does that. He is both timely and timeless in how he blesses us. Timely in terms of what we really need, when we need it, in the moment we need it. And timeless in terms of the fact that he looks at our life through a much longer lens than we do. He looks at our life through the lens of eternity and not through what our needs are for today. So he sees today's needs and will meet today's needs, but he's always up to something bigger than just today, every time with us. He looks through a much longer lens. A fair God would bless us in equal amounts, would see that we all get the same amount. A, a sovereign God does that according to our need and according to his will. Get that. A fair God, and, and folks are expecting fair gods all the time. A fair God would bless us all in equal amounts. A, a sovereign God blesses us according to what we need and according to his will for us. And those are different from me to you and from you to another person. That's how, that's how God works. Matthew chapter 6, verse 8 says that he knows what we need even before we ask. A sovereign God does, and he does. Sovereign God knows everything, should never be questioned, and has no needs. Finally, a sovereign God is all-powerful. Sovereign God is all-powerful. Look at verse 36 again. It says, For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. From him and through him and to him are all things. Meaning that everything that comes your way in life is by design filtered, sifted through the hand of God. So for the believer, first of all, you can, th you can throw fate out the window for a believer. If you're a believer, fate no longer applies to you because God is at work in you and at work in your circumstances. But for a believer... The hand of God is the gate of what he allows in and what he allows out. The spirit of God is the teacher that whatever he allows in behind the gate, God wants to teach us about himself and about that circumstance for our good and for his glory. So God's hand is the gate that allows things into or out of our lives and his spirit is what indwells us to teach us about the very things that, that the gate of his hand has allowed in. Everything in every manner, whether animal, vegetable, mineral, whether physical, mental, spiritual, has come from God and is designed to be used by him, as I said, for our good and for his glory. He created it all. He speaks to uh, his designs and plans in Isaiah 46, verse 11. Look at 10 and 11. Listen to this. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. I say... My purpose will stand, and I will do all that I please. What I have said, that I will bring about. What I have planned, that I will do. The sovereign hand of God, the sovereign plans of God, he will bring about because he has the power to bring them about. And his plans for us, he will bring about because he has the power to bring those about. Yet we have to submit to him for him to do that. Um, just as God designs plans for this world globally, and for our, what's eternal after that, he also has plans for his children as well. So I have to ask you, do you know God's plan and purpose for your life today? Is that something you're pursuing? Is that something you're dipping your toe in the, in the, in the water about on a regular basis to test? Is God in this, in this for me? Is he in this for me? Do you know his design and plans for you? If you don't, you're missing God's best for you. You're missing his blessing for you by finding those things and searching for them to where we're, we're walking in them daily. Uh, it's, uh, verse 36 not only speaks to his plans, but also to this fact that 
He sustains life. He sustains everything. He says, for from him and through him and to him are all things, meaning God is behind and under, underneath and before and behind everything we will ever experience. He sustains all of life because he has the power, the sovereignty to do that. Uh, understanding God's power also should make us appreciate his mercy because he's got the power to, to wipe us out whenever he wants to, yet he doesn't. We talked about his mercies uh, four, uh, four weeks ago, I think. And understanding his power should cause us to appreciate his mercy because he is powerful enough to do whatever he wants with us, yet he's merciful to us to give us a second chance and a third and a 53rd and a 103rd again and again and again. That speaks to God's mercy. He is powerful enough to manipulate us, yet he doesn't. Going all the way back to the garden, as I've said a number of times standing here in this place, the most dangerous thing God ever did was give man a free will in the garden, knowing that we would walk away from God. And we have, and we continue to do that. Yet, he continues to, to come after us and pursue us and draw us to himself over and over again. So, as we wrap, here's this, this observation again. Given the choice between a fair God and a sovereign God, choose the sovereign God every time, the one that knows what is best for you. Now, that's not going to look like equal outcomes for everybody. So just let that ship go ahead and sail out of your mind. That's not, a, a sovereign God is not going to look like equal outcomes for everybody uh, because he's sovereign, because he knows what we need better than we do and, and will meet our needs according to, according to his, his plan for us. However, and I'll leave you with this, you can trust your plans or his for you, but you can't trust both. You can walk in your plans for you or you, or you can walk in his plans for you but not both. Now, depending how far along you are on the journey, you, you may have already learned that lesson because you may have already gone your way a number of times to figure out <laughs> God's not going to honor that. But if you're new in, in the faith or immature in your faith, if, if you'll turn toward him instead of toward your own way, you'll see God start to bless your life and start to bless his plans and his designs for you. Uh, because the sovereign God will occasionally bless in spite of us. And he has me. I, I'm sure you could tell the same story. He'll occasionally bless in spite of us, but he will always bless his plans for us. Every time. He will always bless his will for us, his designs for us, his purposes for us. Because they are, for our, as I said, for our good and for his glory. They have eternal dividend, have eternal reward. Um, your plans for you, he, he may occasionally bless those. He will always bless his plans for you and his designs for you. Why? Because he sees ahead of you. He's a sovereign God. He's around the next corner, preparing the, ne the next corner for what you're about to step into again and again. And, and the more we see that and acknowledge that, um, I think the deeper our faith grows because the more respect and admiration we have for who, all that he is and all that he possesses and all that he offers us in his sovereign knowledge, in his sovereign power, in his sovereign design for us. Let's pray. Father, today, would you speak to our hearts to help us realize and see that not only are you capable, you, you have already ordered the steps of our days. You have already designed for us and laid out for us your plans and your will and your goals and your dreams for us. Because you see further than we see and you see the potential of those in our world and in our sphere of influence that needs to be reached, you have already designed for us to have conversations, perhaps this coming week, with folks in our world that need to know Christ. 
Because you see further than we do, you, you, you have financial plans that are beyond what we've seen before. Because you see further than we do, you have spiritual plans that are beyond what we've seen before. Because you see further than we do, you have physical designs for us, for our health, that, w that we can trust you with that we've never seen before. Because you know everything about us, because you, you knit us together, as Psalm 139 says, in the womb of our mothers, and have seen every step along the way for us, and have planned every step along the way for us. The, the, the things that you allow into our life by the gate of your hand and teach us by the, by the teacher of the Holy Spirit in us, those things should deepen our walk with you to the extent that we, we're not afraid by the fact that we serve, a, serve and know a sovereign God. We love that. We step into it. We chase it. We pursue it willingly because you know what we don't. You see what we can't. You've experienced what we haven't. Teach us today to, to want those things, to hunger after those things, to search for them. We'll find them only in you. We thank you for the power of your word, for the power of the promise of your spirit, and how those two things always mesh together to push us in a direction toward godliness, to push us in a direction where we're pursuing your will, your plans, your purpose, your design for us. Stir that hunger in us today to seek you and all that you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to today's message from Cross Point Church, helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, biblical, and contagious walk with Christ.